Get ready, Avalanche territory. It's now time for the Mile High Hockey Podcast with Mike Evans on your home for the most Avalanche content. Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome in to the Mile High Hockey Cast. I'm Mike Evans, and our podcast has a proud new sponsor, my friends at TNT Home Services. We got your six for all your plumbing, heating, cooling, and now electrical needs. Give my friends Ronnie and Laura Thornton a call at TNT, tnthomeservicesco.com. Well, it seems like every week... We get together to talk about the Avalanche, and they're in some sort of historical run or franchise best run, or their players are in the midst of some incredible run, and this week is no different. The Avs, fresh off that tremendous win over the Vegas Knights in Las Vegas, and and so much to like about that win. First and foremost, I think the, the way that they won this game, you think back to the playoff loss to Vegas a year ago. What was the the postmortem? Hey, if you get a team that slows the Avalanche down, gets them into a grinding type game, a game where it's based on defense, a game that's based on goaltending, a game that's based on maybe limited shot attempts, scoring attempts. This is not the game the Avalanche want to and can play and win. That was a fair assessment of the Avalanche after they lost last year to Vegas. Well, look at this game the other night. It was 0-0 after two periods. It wasn't a a ton of scoring chances. There were a lot of scoring chances in the first period, but then it really kind of settled down and became a defensive struggle in the second period. Uh, The shots were just 19-17 to Vegas going into the third period. So for the Avalanche to not only get the early goal in that third period from Gabe Landeskog, but the way that they clamped down for the remainder of that third period. Up until Vegas pulling their goaltender with a few minutes left in the game when it was 2-0 and getting some, some garbage time shots on goal, for most of that period, for really the, the first 17 minutes of that third period, the Avalanche only gave up like four shots on goal. So how did they win this game? They won a low-scoring game. They played terrific defense. And they got outstanding goaltending from Darcy Kemper. They won on the road, third game in four nights, by the way, back-to-back after losing at home to Dallas. And they go into Vegas and get the win. And by the way, you know, don't dismiss what the Avalanche did by trying to diminish it by saying, well, you know, how, how did Vegas look at it? You know, was Vegas really looking at this as a big, it was Jack Eichel's debut. And there was a noticeable buzz in the building because of the high profile nature of the Jack Eichel trade and people being familiar with Eichel's story, high pick, second overall pick to Buffalo, uh, first four years in the league, averaging close to 28 goals per, per season. Gets into the uh, beef with the Sabres over his uh, neck injury and whether or not he should have this experimental surgery that nobody else in the NHL had ever done. The Sabres didn't want him to do it. He wanted to do it. He ends up getting traded. And so this was his first game of the year, and it came with a lot of hype. So there was energy. And Vegas was ready to play. 
So, you know, don't dismiss it as, well, it was just another game for Vegas and it meant everything for the Avs. Not the case at all. So the Avalanche win the way they do. It is, to me, a a reminder that this is a different team than the one that lost last year. And I was talking about this with my partner in the morning, Mark Schlereth, and I asked him, I said, do you see some similarities between the the loss that you guys had to Jacksonville, that stunning playoff loss that you had to Jacksonville, but in hindsight, it turned out to be the catalytic event that led you guys to to winning two Super Bowls in a row. Do you see that potential with the Avs when it comes to what happened last year, losing to Vegas? And he said, absolutely, that, that it can have that kind of effect. And you you see an Avalanche team right now that that is so, so dangerous because – Hey, last year they were a great hockey team. They were the best team in the NHL. But but maybe they didn't quite understand the bullseye that was on their back. And they weren't mentally steeled, mentally tough enough, uh, battle-tested enough, battle-hardened enough to be able to go out and, and deal with that kind of adversity. Hey, look, you, you get embarrassed. And it was. It was embarrassment what happened last year to Vegas. And you come back and, and you just... I know it's cliche, but it it does feel this is a team that's on a mission. And this is a team that's not going to be denied. And and they know what happened last year. They know what was wrong, and they are hell-bent to fix it and to be different this year. And, and man, they do. They do look like, well, you know, it was 2001. And what was it, the, the Ray Bork 16W? Mission 16W, 16 wins to the Stanley Cup, mission accomplished. This team seems to have that kind of uh, hunger to them. And, boy, they are playing well. As I said at the beginning of this, that it seems like every time we get together to talk, they're in the midst of some kind of historic run. So the latest, right? They had that uh, 19-game home winning streak that got snapped the other night. Well, here's some more numbers for you. The Avalanche have won a season-high six straight road games, tied for the third longest road winning streak in franchise history. Uh, 7-0-1 in their late last eight contests away from home. Um, and then there's some of the individual numbers. And you talk about Darcy Kemper. Now, since coming back from injury on December 8th, Darcy Kemper is 15-0-2 in his last 19 games. Setting a franchise record. Here we go with more franchise records. Setting a franchise record for consecutive decisions with a point surpasses the uh, previous mark of 16 set by both Peter Budai and Semyon Varlamov. Did Peter Budai get a video tribute? I'm not sure when he came back. But that's how well Darcy Kemper's playing. And it's it, it's funny um, and, and it, it, in an ironic way, but... It was a fair point. If if you listen to this podcast just a few weeks ago, I was talking with Adrian Dater from ColoradoHockeyNow.com, our Avalanche insider here at the Fan, and he was saying, "Look, I'm I'm hearing uh, legitimate rumblings out there that the Avalanche are in the market for a goaltender. That Joe Sakic isn't convinced that he has the guy in Darcy Kemper, and if he's not." necessarily looking to go out and make an, an upgrade, a trade for a goalie. He is very much open to the idea of a goaltending competition over the rest of the season before the playoffs between 
Darcy Kemper and Pavel Franzos. Well, all that now seems a moot point, right? With the way that Kemper's playing? I mean, how, how can he not be the guy as we get ready to look ahead to the playoffs? He's, he's playing outstanding hockey. And watching the game the other night on TNT, having the chance to listen to the commentary of their studio show afterwards. It's a good studio show, by the way. They're, they're, they're trying their best to tap into what they have with the NBA, with Kenny, Charles, Shaq, Ernie. They're not at that level, but they're not bad. You know, they, they, have, this, they have Liam McHugh. They got uh, Anson Carter, uh, Paul Bissonette, and, and Rick Tockett. So in this postgame show, Rick Tockett is talking about Kemp's. Tockett coached Darcy Kemper with the Coyotes, and he said something interesting. He said at times early on in his career and even up until, you know, recently, even this year, that Darcy Kemper had a tendency to be too busy in goal, too much movement, uh, too much unnecessary movement, and it would it would lead to being caught out of position, uh, over overreacting to plays, uh, giving up rebounds. He said, what I'm noticing in Darcy Kemper right now is how quiet he is, how calm he is, not only between the pipes, but just his overall demeanor. There is a calmness, a quietness to Kemp's, to Darcy Kemper, that he, he says is noticeable, is in contrast to the Darcy Kemper that he coached in, in Phoenix. And, and, and by the way, quick to say, you know, very good goaltender for me in Phoenix. You know, we're not talking about somebody that was just a you know bum. Uh, even with some of these issues uh, that he was dealing with, uh, still a very good goaltender. But now you you see perhaps what is turning Darcy Kemper into a goaltender that's going to the next level, and uh, somebody who knows him very well sees those differences, remarking on those differences, impressed with those differences. That's all good stuff. I think I think we can pretty much say, right, barring injury, knock on wood, that uh, Darcy Kemper is going to be your guy. And we can forget about all this talk about the avalanche between now and the trade deadline at the end of March, making a deal for a goaltender. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to talk about from that game that went over Vegas, you know, the, the role of the captain, Gabe Landeskog. I think sometimes the idea of what the captain brings can be um, – Kind of overglorified, if you will, but man, th- there are so many times with with Gabe that you see him do say things uh, that just are like, "Wow, man, that's just whatever we think of what a captain is." However, we build it up in our mind. Boy, does this guy seem to check a lot of the boxes, right? Whether it's standing up for a teammate that uh, an opponent takes a run at. And, and he's there to immediately stand up for him. We'd be willing to drop the gloves uh, if it comes to that. I, I'm, I'm looking at that game, right? And the idea that in the close games, who's going to step up and make a play? And who feels the responsibility to step up and make a play? So you go into that third period. 0-0. It's a game, right? Obviously. Who's the guy that gets the abs on the board? Gabe Landeskog. With the goal. And by the way, was that a goal scorer's goal? That thing was beautiful. That's a sniper's goal right there. Man, it's a, you're you're parked out on the on the right side there 
uh, to the left of the the goalie, and you know you get that cross ice pass, and you just rip it upstairs, top shelf. Just, I mean, that's a goal scorer's goal. Though, I mean, those are the kind of goals you think about from a from certainly a Nathan McKinnon, uh, a Miko Rantanen. Maybe you don't always think about that with Gabe, but boy, did he show that's in his toolkit. And and I know that the announcers immediately uh, at Olchek was saying, "Hey, we we we've been telling you throughout this game that." Upstairs, there's some room upstairs. Uh, when when you're when you're looking to attack this guy, okay, I get it. I get the idea of trying to uh, aim up high, but that was just a work of art. So you, you get the goal right, and so now it's one nothing, and then it's still one nothing. It's midway through the third period. It's still a game, right? And there's Gabe up along the boards, hustle, effort. Trying to pull away, draws a hooking penalty. Avalanche go on the power play, and just a few seconds later, beautiful uh, cross-ice pass from Nathan McKinnon. Uh, sets up Rantanen for the goal. 2 nothing. Game effectively over. Gabe Landeskog, your goal. Gabe Landeskog's effort, drawing the penalty, leading to the power play goal that you know ultimately put it away. So, I mean, it's just, I know it's cliche. I know it can sound trite, but... There are examples that come up where you're just like, you know what? That's what a leader does. That's what a captain does. And, boy, did we see that in that game. Fun game. Uh, what what a raucous environment. We had our man D-Mac. He went out there with his uh, family, little family get-together. They went to the game, and he says, he said, I loved what he said. He says, I've covered a lot of hockey games in my life. I've never, ever seen a presentation, a scene quite like uh what you see at a Vegas Knights hockey game and uh it looks like it's it looks like it's a blast and he said it's definitely a bucket list item for a hockey fan get on out there especially if you can see the Avalanche play there and win and leave that raucous crowd quiet on their way out want to thank our new sponsors for the Mile High Hockey podcast TNT Home Services TNT Home Services we got your six. Give them a call, 720-500-1979, 720-500-1979, and at tnthomeservicesco.com, new proud sponsor of the Mile High Hockey Podcast. We'll be back again next week with another one. I'm Mike Evans. So long.